Welcome to Passion Life Church. This series, The Spirit-Led Life, is really meant to help us cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm hoping that this has helped you do that. And I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit, to be honest, uh, is here and he's with us. The Bible says he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But also, I'm so grateful that he's our comforter. How many of you have had the Holy Spirit comfort you? Isn't that amazing what, what he does? I'm thankful that um, we're never alone, that he speaks to us. We have a speaking God. I love that. And he leads us to all truth. In any situation, we have the Holy Spirit who can actually lead us into all truth. Truth. Now, we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit works in us, right? And that's what he does first. The Holy Spirit works in us first, but his desire is not only to work in us, his desire is to work through us. And so what the Holy Spirit does is he does an inner work first in us, which we've spent a lot of time on what he does in our hearts, but he does an inner work so he can work through us. So watch this. He loves us, and so we need to receive his love love, but he loves us so we can love other people. Can I hear a good amen today? Right? He saves us. How many saved people do we have in the house today? He saves us. Why? He saves us so we can help bring salvation to a lost and dying world. And the Holy Spirit heals us. And some of us are even in the process of now of being healed, but he heals us. Why? So we can help bring healing and hope to other people. And so the Holy Spirit works in you. And I said this last week, the Holy Spirit comes in you for you, but then he comes upon you for other people. He fills you and and comes upon you for the work of the ministry. And you know, Jesus said some powerful things on this earth. He said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. And then he told us, go into all the world and proclaim this gospel. And this is what I love about God. God will never ask you to do something that he won't empower you to do. And so God has called us, has called you, called us as a church to go out, reach the lost, help the hurting. And how many of you know, there's a lot of hurting people today. With a lot of things that are happening in our world, there's a lot of people who are hurting. And the great news is that we have the answer and we are empowered to do it. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's the gas in your gas tank. He's the battery, come on, that powers the electricity, but he'll never ask you to do something that he won't empower us to do. And that's why in these last couple of weeks, we've been focusing on what God wants to do through us, what God wants to do through us. And so, and we want to focus on how he empowers us to do the work of the ministry. And so we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit has gifts gifts for us. And we talked about opening the gifts that he has. Everybody say, open the gifts. Come on, say this. It's time to open the gifts and it's time to use the gifts. Now I wonder how many of us today have unopened gifts that we have not opened, that the Holy Spirit has given us. Or I wonder how many of us don't have or have gifts that we haven't used that the Holy Spirit gives us access to. Now they are his gifts, but we have access to them. And so Paul tells us, we went over this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse one. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In other words, these gifts are so important. I don't want you to lack knowledge. I want you to be aware of them. And then in 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 7. I want you to turn there if you have your Bibles today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Say that with me. Say every man. Come on, say it again. Say every man. To profit with all. That word profit means this. So everyone will be encouraged for to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit to another, the working of miracles. Last week we talked about uh, the word of wisdom and then we talked about the word of knowledge and let's look at three more gifts uh, today and then we'll finish with the last ones next week. Are you awake this morning? Come on, say, I'm ready to receive. 
here's the, here's the one for today. The first one, the gift of faith. Now I want you to know it. These are gifts. Gifts are given to you. They're given to you unconditionally for you to receive, right? And so everything we access by God, everything we access by the Holy Spirit, listen, we access by faith. All right. Now let's look at this. The gift of faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Now, I want us to realize that these gifts are given to you. Faith is given to you. I want you to say this with me. Say, I have faith. Romans chapter 12, verse three says this. It says, God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. So God has given you faith. Now the Bible also says faith is what pleases God. Well, I thought it was our behavior. First thing that pleases God is our faith. Look at Hebrews 11, chapter chapter 11, verse six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe. Listen to that. Must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, I want to tell you something. In order to accomplish what God has for our lives, we have to have faith, but we have to have faith beyond what we feel. Some of us are living the emotionally led life. It's everything about how we feel. Let me just say this. Your feelings can lie to you and your feelings can be fickle. Let me ask you a question. How many of you sitting here right now feel dizzy? Let me see. You feel dizzy. Anybody feel dizzy? Pastor Phil, why would you feel dizzy? The earth right now is spinning at 1,000 at 1, miles per hour. The earth is spinning. Anybody feel that? You feel that? We don't feel it. That's why I'm telling you, you can't just go by what you feel. You have to have faith beyond what you feel because your feelings can lead you to places where you don't need to go. So since faith pleases God, and I want you to hear this, God gives you faith. So watch this. God gives you what you need to please him. God gives you what you need to please him. So he never asks for something that he doesn't already give you. So that's why you don't never give what you can't have with God. You give, God always expects you to give what you can have. That's why he says you can please me because I'm giving you faith. Come on, somebody say, I have faith. I have faith. Now, this is when it comes down to the Christian life. A lot of people think that the Christian life is about behavioral modification. It's actually about a believing alteration that leads to life transformation. Let me say that again, right? Most people believe that Christianity, well, I just can't change the way that I behave. You cannot change the way you behave until you change the way you believe. You cannot change the way you behave until you change what you believe because your behavior is attached to a belief system that you have, right? So what we need is a believing alteration. That is what's going to lead to a life transformation. Listen, my church family, it's right believing that leads to right living. Wrong believing leads to wrong living. This is why what you and I believe is so important. Why is it so important, Phil? Because you and I become what we believe. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, as a woman thinketh in her heart, so is she. So as we talk about our lives being driven, let's just break it down today. Our lives are being driven by what we believe. Our lives are headed in the direction of what you believe. And every week we've been asking this question, what's driving your life? Now you may be driven by guilt. You may be driven by revenge. You may be driven by bitterness, but let me just tell you this, my church family, when you strip it all away, here's what it comes down to. It comes down to your belief system and what you believe right? Let me give you an example. So if I'm a person and I'm driven by guilt, you know, here's what I believe. I actually believe that it's better to be driven by guilt than it is to be driven by grace. 
Now, people won't say that. You don't say, like, I just, I just brought it to an awareness, right? But usually they'll come to a place where their life is so destroyed, they don't realize it's because they were believing that guilt and having guilt. People actually believe that guilt is good because, well, because I feel guilty for my sin, I must be paying for my sin. You can't pay for your sin anymore. Jesus paid it all. Anybody grateful for that? That on the cross, he said it is finished. And when he said it was finished, it was done. And you think because there is a belief system, well, me just feeling guilty, I'm paying for my sin. Oh, stop it. It's a wrong belief system. Now, I I do hope that you feel bad when you do wrong. But I'm talking about feeling guilty to the point where you think you're paying for your sin. Think about this. A person that's driven by bitterness actually believe, listen, I'd rather be bitter and in bondage than experience the freedom of forgiveness because there's a belief system that says, as long as I'm mad about this, I'm paying that person back. That person is getting revenge and I'm going to bring justice to the situation. No, the Bible never says that vengeance is wrong. The Bible says that vengeance is God's. And so what we do, we have a belief system that bitterness is better. And actually, bitterness will put you into bondage. Freedom comes from forgiveness. But let me just tell you, what you believe is so important. Well, you know what? I'll never get married, Pastor Phil. No, you won't. You know why? Because you don't believe you will. And you're saying it. Do you know the Bible says that this spirit of faith is believing and speaking? So you're actually reversing faith in your life and you're speaking, I'll never get married. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never own a home in this economy. You know, Pastor Phil, everything's going, I mean, everything is just going up. And I know, keep saying that. Keep saying you'll never own a home. And guess what? You will never own a home because that's what you believe. It doesn't say that that's what God believes. It says what you believe. And are you ready for this? What you believe is even more powerful than what God believes. Because if you don't believe what he believes, you will live a life according to what you believe. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. So what we believe is so powerful. My church family, we become what we believe. Are you ready? I want you to write this down. If you're watching today, put this in the chat. If you don't like what you're becoming, change what you're believing. If you don't like what you are becoming, change what you are believing. Because if you will change what you believe, you will change what you become. Whew, that was worth showing up today. And if you don't amen me, I will amen myself. Go ahead, Pastor Phil. Preach the gospel today. Change what you believe. And you know what is amazing about believing? It's a simple yes. I love what we sang today. Available. Yes, Lord. Instead of saying, no, Lord. Uh-uh. Yes, Lord, I believe that. Yes, Lord, I believe that. You know, there's a story in Acts chapter 3, verse 6, that as we're talking about this gift of faith, right? I love this story because Peter and John are going to the temple uh, like they did every day to pray. Now, Jesus has ascended into heaven. They have been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has done a work in them for three years with Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit was going to do a work through them. And they were just coming to a church service. And little did they know, they see this man who was carried every single day who couldn't walk. He was crippled from birth. So he could not stand up. And I want you to listen to this. I think this is so powerful. They would lay him at the gate of the temple and the gate was called beautiful. I looked up, you know, I know now in whatever, 25 years of ministry that everything in the Bible is significant. So I looked up that word beautiful. I mean, beautiful is is a beautiful word in itself, but what does beautiful mean in the Greek? It means this, it means blooming and flourishing. So watch this. They put a man by a gate, not in the gate, but near the gate. Gate in the Greek also means door. So watch this. A man who couldn't walk was near the door and the gate of a blooming and flourishing life, but he never entered into it. It's interesting how sometimes us as Christians, we can be right on the precipice of breakthrough, but we just never go through. That's where he was. And I want you to think about it because he couldn't walk, but he's sitting there watching other people take steps. Now, this may not mean a lot to us today in our modern world because you didn't struggle with this this morning. You didn't get out of bed and go, can I feel my legs? You just got out of bed. And I don't know about you. You go straight to the coffee maker. 
Okay, I don't have coffee, people. That's good, because we're not serving coffee in the lobby. We may never have to. We don't have people that drink coffee. But I go, so you've got one coffee drinker. Amen. Right? I don't think about my legs. I don't think about my toes wiggling in the morning. I just get up and do what I do. Come on, somebody. So maybe we can't relate to the story, but in reality, he's looking at other people have a better life than he has. And so Peter and John walk over to him, and he asks them for money. And look at what Peter and John's response in Acts chapter 3 verse six, it says this, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give. Say this with me. Say, give what you got. Come on, say, give what you got. Some people got a lot and they won't give. God never expects you to give what you don't have. And Peter like, man, we, you know, we don't got any change. We don't got any Bitcoin. <laughs> Come on. We don't, got, we can't cash app you here. Here's the reality. We don't have that, but what I have, I will give. And this is what he says. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Watch this, verse 7. And this lame man who was crippled, paralyzed, he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Are you ready? A man who never walked, the Bible says we find out it was for 40 years. 40 years. We have a problem for two hours and we go crazy. For 40 years, he could not walk. And guess what? He begins to do something that he never did before in his life. And I'm going to ask you a question. What changed? What he believed changed. Peter and John came along with faith and spoke to him, rise up and walk. And here's what happened when the gift of faith is present. I want you to write this down. When the gift of faith is present, we begin to believe what God begins to believe about our lives. I want to say that again. When the gift of faith is present, you will start to believe what God believes about your life. Can I ask you this question? What do you think God believed about that paralyzed man? Do you think that God believed, oh, he'll never walk again? Do you think God believed, like, oh, you know what, I'm so sorry for him? Is that what God believed? No, God knew that he could walk again. And I wonder what God believes about your life that you are not believing. Because when the gift of faith is present, this endowment of confidence, this endowment of believing, here's what will happen. You'll start to see your situation through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of the natural world, not through the eyes of depression or anxiety. You begin to see the world and your circumstances through what God believes. Come on. I think this is a good opportunity to take a praise break and give the Lord a good round of applause. What changed? What he believed changed. And here's what faith will do. Faith will inspire you to believe before you see. But I'll tell you what else faith will do. Faith will cause you to see beyond your current circumstances. And it'll, you'll begin to see yourself. I think when he, wow, man, faith just arose in his heart. Guess what he started to see? He started to see himself taking that first step even before he took the first step. See, when we were about to buy a house, we moved here. You know, some people, I think it's just funny because in planting a church, they they don't know the struggle. They think that because we come up here, we preach faith and everything's good in our life. Can I just tell you, I have to believe this just like you have to believe it. And actually, I got to believe it before you believe it so I can preach it to you. And for about seven years, we lived in a 1,300-square-foot apartment. And, man, but you know what? We had a vision of a house. We saw ourselves in a house because faith was arising. And you need that's what faith will do. When faith comes in your you'll start to see it before it happens. Can I hear a good amen today? And so faith inspired him to live beyond what he was currently experienced when he started to believe, I can walk. Because here's what faith says. Faith says, rise up. Faith says, you can get up. And you know what? His strength, strength started coming into his legs. Strength started coming into his ankles and to his feet. And he began to do something that he never did before. And I want to tell you today, I want to speak prophetically over our church. And I want to speak prophetically to you. I believe that in this season, we have seen things that we've never seen before in a negative light. We've seen COVID. We've seen people die. But I believe that God is going to restore. And when God restores, he always restores better than it was before. 
before. And let me just say this to you in your life, and I hope that faith will arise. I believe that you are going to begin to see things that you've never seen in your life that God will do that will be on whatever that you could imagine. And you're just going to go, whoa. But you know what it takes? It takes faith. Come on, somebody say faith. Faith says get up. Faith says rise up. Listen, my church family, I wonder today what we could get up from if we just would change what we believe. I wonder today what we could walk into if we just change what we believe. Listen, are you ready for this? Are you, are you ready? The Bible says that not only was he walking, but he was leaping. And I think about this guy sitting there and watching people walk and him just going, and then maybe seeing a little boy, right? Just walking, playing. And he looks and he goes, man, I, I would love to jump, man. Right. I would like, I would love to jump. Right. Cause crisscross will make you, there you go. But you know what? Crisscross ain't here. And I man, I jumping, I can't even walk, but you know what happened? God did something beyond what he could even think. The Bible says this, that not only was he walking, he was leaping. Those legs were working. I wonder, I wonder, I don't know. And I apologize because God's working on my ADD. But when I read this, I wonder what that looked like when he strength started to come in his legs. Have you ever seen the Wizard of Oz? Have you ever seen when uh, the scarecrow, when he's never walked and all of a sudden he starts to walk and his legs, right? And he starts going like, he goes over here and then he goes over. It's, this is my favorite part. And, and they're all like holding him because he's never used his legs before. It's weird. It's awkward, but it was a miracle. And strength came back into him. But are you ready for this? And this is what I love. The Bible says that Peter, James and John, the lame man, the, the, um, the, the paralytic man, watch this. They walked into the gate. They walked into the temple. He watched. He walked in to beautiful. He walked in to blooming. He walked in to a flourishing life. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, it's amazing how God says that those that are planted in the house of God, they walked into the house of God. Those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. My church family, faith will make your life flourish. Come on, if you're going to give them a good clap, don't give them a golf clap. Faith will make your life flourish. And where he was on the precipice of blooming and flourishing, the reality of it was he never stepped into it until the gift of faith. And somebody came by and said, you can rise up. Boom, he got up and he entered into a life that he never even imagined. And here's what I think is funny. The whole time he's asking for money. And see, I I wonder sometimes what we would walk away from if we change what we believe. He totally walked away from a life of poverty because he couldn't work. But you know what I love about this is that he was asking for money. He was asking for alms. Listen, we need money, but there are those of us who think that money solves every problem. And I'm going to tell you something. Money can buy you the best doctors, but it can't buy you health. Money can buy you a house, but it cannot buy you a home. Money can buy you a degree, but it cannot ensure your destiny. Come on, somebody. And and when I thought about this and I was just looking, he only knew to ask what he knew to ask for. But in reality, can we agree, my church family? He was asking too small. And sometimes we're asking too small. But you know what? Even though he didn't ask for the right thing, God did more than he could even imagine. He was asking for money, but he got a miracle. Watch this. He was asking for money, but God gave him a whole new life. A whole new life. I thought you'd get more excited about that, but I can't wait for you. I apologize. I have to move forward. He asked for money, and through faith, when the gift of faith was in operation, he got a whole new life life. I love that. My church family, write it in your notes. Faith will make you flourish. And it's interesting to me that as he sat at that gate, so close to blooming and flourishing, because that's what beautiful means. He never experienced it until faith was activated in his life. Oh man, this is a good word. 
Because my church family, faith activates everything that God has for you. That's why he says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, are you ready? The gift of faith, faith in the root word actually means the power to persuade. And I want to tell you this, right? In other words, God has gifted you, you and I, to inspire faith in people's lives. He's gifted you. And my church family, we are living in a hopeless world and we have the gift of faith. Come on, say thank you, Jesus, for the gift of faith. Now, when I read the Bible, okay, when I read the Bible and I read these stories, I actually put myself in their their sandals. Come on, somebody, right? I look at them and I wonder what they're feeling. I wonder what they're thinking. But when I read this story, sometimes I see myself as the paralyzed guy. There's stuff I need to get up from. Man, Pastor Phil, that's good preaching. There's some things that I need to walk into. Man, there's some things I need to walk away from, right? I see myself as that guy. But can I just tell you, it's important for you and I to also see ourselves as Peter and John. Because watch this. Now, I'm going to break this down because I think sometimes we overcomplicate the gospel. Sometimes, listen, we're looking for the spectacular, so we miss the supernatural. Are you ready? Peter and John, here's what they did. Are you ready? Here's what they did, right? They simply spoke to the man what could be in Jesus' name. They looked at him and basically said, I see your circumstances, but we're not just going to talk about politics. We're not just going to talk about you know, how you were, uh, you were lame from, you know, your mother's womb. We're not going to talk. Here's what they spoke. They spoke what could be done by faith in Jesus name. And then the Bible says, so they spoke out and then they reached out. Peter reached out his hand and he said, rise up. And my church family, I believe it's time for us to speak out and reach out. I'm going to say that again. It's time for us as the church of Jesus Christ to start speaking out what could be done in faith and reaching out. Can I hear a good amen today? Did I show up to the right church? Is this Passion Life Church? All right. Well, remind me. Listen to what Peter said. He didn't quote the whole New Testament. He just said, by faith, rise up and walk. He spoke possibility. He spoke what God believed about this man And then he reached out his hand and he said, rise up. And I'm going to speak to you today if you're watching and you're in person. Look at me, Pastor uh, Passion Life Church today. It's time for you to rise up. In faith, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get up on the inside. It's time for you to start seeing your life the way that God sees it. It's time for you to start stepping into what God has for you. Put all of your insecurities behind, all of your weaknesses behind, and start seeing your life through the eyes and the gift of faith. And I want to remind you, it's a gift, and God has given it to you. Are you getting something out of today? And I want to show you how God works because this is so powerful. This is so powerful. What Peter and John did for this one person, this one guy, one guy became a catalyst for a whole community to experience the presence of God. My church family, faith is contagious. Write that down. Faith is contagious. Write it in the chat today. But fear is contagious. And here's what we're seeing today in America. We are seeing, and even around the world, we're seeing fear is running rampant in our world today. Can I just tell you this? You can write this down. Fear is a God problem. It's a God problem. Because when you magnify fear, then you're not magnifying God. That's why it's so important, I believe, to be in these worship sessions and, the, and, and, and they're singing. You know why? Even if you don't know the words, it causes us to magnify God. Pastor Phil, can we make God any bigger? You can't make God any bigger, but you can magnify him and make him bigger in your own life. Come on, somebody. You can do that, right? And that's why when we're in worship, we magnify him, not our problems, not what we're going through. And, you know, man, I'm in the struggle. Magnify God. Magnify him. But you know what we do is right now, we can magnify fear. That's why we need this gift of faith. And I'm spending a little more time on this one today because it accesses everything. Can I hear a good amen today? And so this one guy, this one occasion, watch this, one person's problem became a platform for God's 
presence. Let me say that again. One person's problem became a platform for God's presence. What are you talking about? Once they went into the temple... Peter came and people came and they said, oh, look, that's the guy. That's the beggar. He's walking. Look, it's a miracle. People started to gather around. And you know what? This miracle, this problem became a platform for Peter to be able to preach and people to experience the presence of God. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says later on, 5,000 people came to Jesus because a man had a problem but he experienced God's presence. Why would I spend nine weeks on being led by the spirit, the spirit-led life? Because this spirit-led life can be a catalyst to touch our communities, touch your family, touch our cities. Come on. That's what our church is about. 5,000 people. And it started with a problem. That's why I've changed I don't use the word problem anymore. I use the word opportunity because every problem that you have is an opportunity for God to show his power. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? Yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. Are you getting something out of today? The gift of faith. Come on, say it again. I have faith. And I think that one is kind of the foundation for everything, but especially these next two. Here's the second one. The gifts of healing. The gift of healing. It's a supernatural endowment of divine health. Now, are you ready? Listen, we've talked about what God is going to do, has done in you. But now we're talking about what he wants to do through you. My church family, you are gifted by God to bring healing to other people. Now, we are not the healer. He is the healer. You are a vessel that God wants to use to bring healing to somebody else. Now, I believe in miracles. I really do. You know, the Holy Spirit, what he does is he brings healing in us, but healing is supposed to uh, flow through us. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he talked about the Holy Spirit being upon him, right? And so the Holy Spirit is upon you, filled with the Holy Spirit. But he talks about what the Holy Spirit does. I love the way the Passion Translation says this. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is talking. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. Say, I am anointed. He has anointed me to be hope to the poor, healing to the brokenhearted, the new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. My church family, are you ready for this? This is going to be a a big one, but you're going to have to have faith to receive it. Are you ready? The same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that's on you. I'm going to try this side. The same Holy Spirit. I I need to say it because we did not get a downgraded version of the Holy Spirit. Jesus went to heaven and all of a sudden we got a little mini me. Holy Spirit. The advocate actually means same as. I want you to wrap your faith around that, that the same Holy Spirit that is on Jesus is on you right now. That's why Jesus said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father because you have the same Holy Spirit that I had on me. Come on, woo! That means I don't have to be wimpy. I know. And I don't understand why so many Christians are. That means you don't have to be afraid either because we have the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus. And can I tell you a word of wisdom, a real word of wisdom? The Holy Spirit is not afraid. And he's on you. And I want you to realize that because you, you carry that. Now, Jesus also said that we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. And I believe in healing. And this church believes in healing because the Bible says in Isaiah that it was by Jesus' stripes that we were healed. Healing was already paid for, my church family. Just like your salvation was paid for, your healing was already taken care of. It's already done. Now, I believe in praying for people. We're going to pray for people today at the end of the service. But here, listen. I also believe laying hands on people. But can I just tell you one of the easiest ways that I have found to bring healing to people? Are you ready? Is number one, to listen to people. I'm so amazed at how many counseling sessions that people ask to see me and then they talk the whole time. 
They won't ever listen. Now, I'll listen and I'll listen, but I'll listen for about 30 minutes, okay? You know, well, I was born in a hospital and I, I get all that. I'll listen. I don't have a dad. I, I get all that. I love you. But what is interesting to me sometimes, you made an appointment with me and now <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit says and then they'll just keep talking. And then sometimes we get nowhere because we're just not willing to listen to somebody else. And it's an incredible way to hear other people's story. But can I just tell you another way that we can bring healing to other people is you need to share your story with people. You have a story that is so powerful and there's a reason why you went through what you went through. And I will tell you this, you need to share what God has done in your life. You don't have to quote every scripture that you know. You just need to share your story. And here's the greatest thing about your story. You know it. You experienced it. You memorized it. And my church family, can I just encourage you? Don't discount your story. Why? I want to tell you why. Because it's hard to argue with a changed life. I love it. Peter and John get arrested for a miracle. Because so many people are gathered around, they're, they're talking and here come the religious rulers and they come and they say, Hey, what are you teaching? What are you teaching? They're talking about miracles, right? What are you teaching? What are you? And so they arrest them. And here's what I love. They bring them on trial, right? Peter and John, but they also bring the man who had a miracle. And as they're talking about all these things, I love what the Bible says. They say there was the man who was healed. Can I just say this? There was evidence that God's presence was there, my church family. And it says that nobody could say anything because of the evidence of the miracle. Let me just tell you this. This is why the devil comes against you so hard because your life is evidence that there is the power and the presence of God alive in this world today. Your life is evidence. That's why the enemy wants to have you shut up and not say your story. And I love it because I use this a lot when I'm, you know, getting my haircut and I'm getting that sweet fade. Come on. Like Larry has that sweet fade. And I'm sitting there and give me that sweet fade, right? And so we're talking about, and they're, they're giving me the sweet fade. And we start, and, and for me, it always happens. What do you do for work? So that's an open door. So you wouldn't have that. But here's the reality is I start talking about what I do. And I, I'm not threatening anybody. I, I'm not there to argue. But sometimes people start to just argue theology and all this stuff. And here's what I have found, that when you start sharing your story and what Jesus has done for you, it goes beyond all the theology in the world. Because as they're saying, well, you know, uh, and I would never be a Christian because look at President Trump. Listen, can I just tell you, will you forget about him? He's not even in office anymore. What does that have to do? You're going to stand before God and say, well, President Trump, would you just shut your mouth? That's just an excuse. And let me just say this, to be honest with you, when they start getting it out, when I start talking about what Jesus did for me, and sometimes those sweet fade conversations get pretty deep. But when I start sharing how I've experienced the presence of God and that I've never known my father and the father that I did know who was a pastor had an affair. And you know what? They had, we had, a, they had a divorce and we lost the whole church and all of these things. When they start talking about how they don't like church because one person pissed them off at church, excuse my language. And that's why they don't go to church. And I begin to say, yeah, I've done all that. My dad was actually a pastor, but you know what? God has healed me and touched my life so much that I want to touch other people's lives. It's hard to argue with that. And the Bible says that all the people, when they saw him, the, 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 um, the religious rulers, they couldn't say anything because there was evidence of the miracle. And I just want to remind you, listen, your life is evidence that God is real. Can we take a praise break real quick? And I ask you, has God done any miracles in your life? Come on. Has he brought you? Are you maybe you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. And you know what? You need to share your story. And here's what I found. My story has helped so many people. I'm not saying that bragging. You know how many teenagers I've talked with? I was in... Um, youth ministry for over 20 years. You know how many teenagers I've helped that never met their father, that their parents went through a divorce because I never realized how powerful my story would be. And it would just bring healing to people. And you have a story 
And my church family, you need to share the story. Can I hear a good amen today? And I was thinking about this. I want to have a service. I don't know when we'll do it. We'll do it by video. But I just want to, and maybe we can do it today. Just write this down. Info at passionlifechurch.com. And we just have one, one service, 35, 40 minutes of, I don't know, 20 different people, 15 different people just sharing their story of what God. And you know what? You have to be vulnerable. Yeah, you do. But you know what? The awesome thing is that God works through truth. And what I have found, we've, we, and, and I don't mean to say this, but in this way, I've shared testimonies of people and, and, and them tithing. I've had people say, I had a miracle and, 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 and I was tithing. I was like, you need to share that before the church. No, you know, we're just kind of really embarrassed. Can I just tell you that story that you've had when we've played stories like that, people in the church started tithing and they started experiencing miracles all because somebody shared the story. And I wonder what your story could help bring life. And I do believe in praying for people. Well, Pastor Phil, if I pray for somebody, I lay hands on them and they don't get healed. I, listen, I put this in my book. This is probably one of my favorite quotes of all time. You are not responsible. You're responsible to respond to God and be obedient. God is responsible for the results. Listen, I'm going to go and preach the gospel, the good news. I'm going to lay hands on the sick, but I am not responsible whether they get healed or not. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I prayed for people and not one thing happened for them. And that I did my job. But can I just tell you, I've been in in meetings just like this. And I I want to change our mentality of a Sunday service because I think sometimes we just go to church and we just like, we want to check off. I went to church. Oh man, pastor went, he went past 22 minutes. Oh my gosh, we, you know, we we need to go. Can I just say, I want to change the mentality of what church service will be like because I was in a service kind of like this with a whole bunch of teenagers. You know, we had about 700 kids in our, in our youth ministry. And one of the services was a packed and, and it was a packed room. And I had a word of knowledge that somebody in the room was having terrible headaches. And this one kid, he's probably about 17, 18 years old, came out, came down and he said, that's me. And I laid my hands on him and I believed for healing for his life. Well, you know, what? I don't know what happened because we do it all in faith. And again, I'm just responding. God is responsible for the results. One day I was out to eat. And this guy comes up to me and he says, Hey, Pastor Phil. And in our, (laughs) Val knows this, in our old city, everybody knew. I mean, I couldn't, it was a little creepy. I mean, I couldn't even go to Walmart. I get texts, Hey, I saw you in Walmart. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, it was, or or we'd just come out of Walmart and then cars would go by honking. Hey, Pastor Phil. I mean, it was great. It was, it was a little crazy. (laughs) So when we came here, I was like, nobody knows me. Thank you, Jesus. But that's changing because I just saw Jeremy at Target. Okay. So anyway, I did see Jeremy at Target. And so he comes up to me. He says, you don't, you don't recognize me. And uh, that's worse than, hey, what's my name? And I was, and I was like, we have like 700 kids, and I, I'm learning your names. But I just, and he comes up to me, and he said, you don't recognize me, do you? I said, no. He says, because the last time you see me, he said, I had glasses on. And he said, do you remember the service where you, I said, somebody had had um, migraine headaches. I said, yeah, I, I, I remember that. He said, um, that was me. And he says, I walked out of church and my eyes started hurting and I was looking out of my glasses and I couldn't see out of my glasses anymore. And I thought this was so weird. He says, I took off my glasses and he says, I could see everything perfect. I went back to the doctor and the doctor said, you don't need your glasses anymore. Sunday service. You know, we were in a a service just like this at Passion Life Church, and we were talking like this. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jesus says this. Jesus says, be it according to your faith. This is called the gifts of healing. And I just want to take a sidebar because let me talk about medication real quick. I think you need to hear this. It's the gifts of healing. And that word gifts of healing also means cure. God can use medication to help heal you. Amen. But it's according to your faith. Now, some people have more faith in their medication than they have in Jesus. That's where it gets wrong. But we had a a lady in our church who was really struggling with like a life-threatening disease, was on a lot of medication. She was in a service like this. Now, I'm not telling you not to take your medication. I'm not telling you to do that, okay? All right, I don't want to get sued. But I will tell you this. She went home, and she says, it's according to my faith. She said, I'm stopping taking my medication, and I'm not taking it anymore. And you know, she went back to the doctor, and she was like totally healed. No more medication, 
Now, God can use it. But what I'm saying to you today, this gift of faith can inspire healing in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? Here's the last one for today. Are you glad you came to church today? It's good. Are you glad that you logged on today? I feel like myself, I need to start jumping and leaping and praising God. Here's the last one, the working of miracles. Miracles are a divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. In the Greek, miracles means this, achieving power, uh, uh, being able or capable to do something. And this is when God empowers you to do something that you thought you never could do. I like to say it this way. It's power beyond our power. It's a power beyond our powers. Now, there are some people who believe that miracles died out with the apostles and with the disciples. They believe that, you know what? There's no more miracles. Okay, so let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room watching online, how many of you seen God do one miracle in your life? Let me see your hands. Okay, so they're wrong, right? Because I could raise my hand there. I've seen miracles after miracles. Have you heard that new song by Elevation and Maverick City? It's called Miracles. It's so, it's, I love, love that. It says, count your miracles. But in the Greek, this is being able, capable to do something. My church family, I love when people say this to me. I never thought I could own my own business. But I walk through the gate of beautiful, flourishing, blooming. I never thought I could lead someone to Christ. But I did. Pastor Phil, I never thought I could forgive my parents I never thought I could forgive this person who hurt me, but I did. Can I just encourage you? That's because there's a power beyond your power. There's a power that makes you capable and able. In my church family, God is the one who makes us able. God is the one who makes us able. Can you say this with me? Say, I am able. Come on, say, I am able. Say, I am capable. Now, I want to tell you something. Jesus loves to do miracles as we close today. He just loves to do miracles. Do you know, sometimes he does miracles simply for enjoyment and happiness. Look at the first miracle that Jesus did. What did he do? It was a bride and a groom who ran out of wine. And what did he do? He turned the water into wine. Why? Simply to keep the party going. That's the God we serve. Miracles and miracles. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to set your faith with us, not only for yourself, but for our church, that we will begin to walk into things that we've never walked into before in our lives. That you will begin to step in and do things that you've never done before in your life. Can we wrap our faith around that today? Come on, would you stand with me today as we pray? Would you stand with me for just a moment? How many of you would say online and here in person, Pastor Phil, I can wrap my faith around doing something that I've never done before. Let me see your hands. Come on, lift both of your hands towards heaven for just a moment. Lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we thank you. Lord, I speak life over your people. And Father, I speak today breakthrough that we would not just sit at the gate of beautiful, of a flourishing and bountiful life, but we would step in, get up, walk into, and walk away from everything that you have for us. Now, just in these last moments, you can put your hands down. I think it would be appropriate in just these last moments, since we talked about healing and miracles, that if you today need a miracle in your life. If you need healing in your life, I just want to take these last two minutes. I want to pray for you because I believe faith has risen in our hearts today. And so if you need prayer, I'd like for you just to get out from where you're at today. And I want you to come down here. We have some prayer partners and I just want to pray. The Bible says we lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on. If you need a miracle, if you need healing in your life, just come down today and let us, let us pray for you. People are coming. Come on. Let's give them a good round of applause. Come on. Come on, just come up here. And here's what I want you to do. 
This is a house of faith today. Come on in. Guys, we're going to pray. Anybody else? We've got a couple more minutes. Don't be shy. Come on, don't be shy. Faith is movement, my church family. Faith is movement, my church family. He, listen, I didn't say this in the message, but I, I thank the Holy Spirit right now. He could have said, he could have saw, you know what, I see myself walking, but he never got up. He could have done that. That's mental ascent. That's not faith. Oh yeah, I see myself, but I never take the step. Faith is movement, my church family. So you have faith. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to extend your hand as just a symbol of faith. And we're going we're gonna to stir up faith for miracles in this place in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you, Father God, right now, Father, for miracles and healing, Lord God, in people's lives, Father God, in this family's life, Lord, beyond, Father. Listen, I just feel like, you know, uh, sir, would you just look at me just real quick? Uh, you know, there's barriers that you felt like you could never break. And God's going to help you walk through those things. He's going to help you walk through those things. Listen, you've set your sights way too low. You've asked way too small, but there's, there's a big guy in there. I see a great man inside of you that needs to step out and break through because there's a frustration in your life, just like this guy, you are on the line. You are ready to go. And I want to tell you, it's not a coincidence that you came today, right? Right? Am I right? That there's not a coincidence, sir. What is your name? Adam. Uh, ooh, that's a good name. That's the biblical name. That was the first man. That's a good name. But let me just tell you, Adam, I'm telling you today, I see you like breaking through glass. Uh, you're breaking through glass. But here's the reality. You say, why didn't it work before? Because there's a power beyond our power. And so you can't do it. None of us can do it by ourselves. We've got to do it with the Holy Spirit today. And so, amen. What's your wife's beautiful wife's name? Emily. Let me just pray. Father, we thank you for breakthrough in their life. Father God, I thank you that the ceiling that has been over his life is going to be broken today. Lord, I pray right now for some reason, Adam, I feel like there's some expectations that people have had and has said over your life that have been a ceiling over your life. But today that is broken in the name of Jesus. Look at me, Adam. Look at me, Adam, for a minute. Um, I feel like there's been some people who have said some things and done some things that have caused a ceiling over your life. Is that true today? Yeah, is it? And you're probably thinking of them right now, right? But you know what? They do not have possession over your life. Jesus does and the Holy Spirit. Now they will if you allow them. But you know what? Today you say the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to live a spirit-led life, not a negative opinion-led life from other people. But I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. And I believe today that ceiling is broken. Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause today. I'm glad you came today. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for healing and strength and supernatural wisdom, Father God. Jacqueline, the answers that you seek, God is going to give you. He's going to give you. And you believe for the words of wisdom in your life, in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church, let's continue to pray. You know, I like to pray for people like if it's my own needs, you know, because if it's you up here, you know, you'd be praying different. So come on, let's just, just agree. If you know how to pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we release your miracle working power in the name of Jesus. This body needs to line up with the word of God in the name of the Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.